Hey, 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 this is your humble correspondent, John Ross, Marcus Cox, coming back at you with the Way Too Much Jerry MC podcast. Hope all y'all had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I know my family and I, we had a freaking awesome day yesterday at the first day out at the pool. We go to this little, this little uh, water park type deal with the YMCA here in Louisville. And man, we had a, had a freaking good day yesterday. Um, I want to you know, thank all of our veterans and people serving and all that good stuff. We all definitely would not be here without you. And uh, just want to say thank you and we love you and just appreciate all, all that you do. So moving on real quick here. Um, first of all, want to just address a, a tweet here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show it to y'all. And this is kind of a it's gonna have a graphic. So for those of y'all watching, you can see it. If you're not watching, I'll try to describe it to you. But it kind of you know uh, summarizes what my last show was about, um, or at least part of it. So you'll see here. This is from James Lindsay. He's uh, posting a he posted a little picture of a person labeled LGB with a with a weight sinking to the bottom of the ocean. It says TQ should say I plus whatever on on the rest of it. But this is kind of uh, you know one thing I've been saying on the last couple of shows is I mean I just feel like the L and the G should be at the top and then BTQIA plus at, at the bottom. Let me let me like, just hear me out here. This is one of my um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm onto something or if I'm totally off base. Um, but you know, I just want to kind of you know walk walk through it here. Um, and so I said, why is everyone giving the B, which means bisexual pass, and all this being bi means you're just you're just as confused and or non-committal as the other letters. Bi people are largely in opposite sex relationships, marriages, which means adultery, broken families. The goal should always be monogamy, as far as I'm concerned. I know many LGs. Lesbians and gays that live in live as a monogamous couple with kids, dogs, 401ks, etc. The others in the movement seem to have no interest in any of that. Someone said, why would being bi indicate a desire for a non-monogamous relationship? And I posted a little uh, screenshot of where um, Will Smith's daughter Willow had put, you know, I love men and women equally, and so I would definitely want one man or and one man and one woman. And then they tried... This person tried to distinguish between bi and polyamorous, you know, yada yada. Well, my, my argument was this. First of all, I think Willow, when she used bisexual and polyamorous, she wasn't using them separately. She was literally, she doesn't know what the definitions are anyway. She was just including whatever word she thought would make her sound the best and, you know, make her about, you know, make her attach as many identities as possible. But I want to, I'm just going to, Sound my it would explain my thought here, and then I want to you know, hopefully some of y'all give me a little feedback on what y'all think on this. And so this is my response. I said, if for instance a man is in a monogamous relationship with a man, wouldn't that just make them gay? And if they break up and he starts dating a woman and then is and is monogamous with her, doesn't that just make him straight during that time frame? I mean, if a hetero man finds another woman attractive that doesn't make him polyamorous, there has to be an actual relationship. Right, just because a woman thinks another man is sexy doesn't mean she is with multiple men. So why would the sex of the person you thought was attractive, but have no relationship with, make you a bisexual? Again, we're talking about are they monog like is monogamy? The can you be monogamous and be a bisexual? 
I said, if a man was in a same-sex relationship five years ago, but has since been monogamous with one woman, has kids and no desire to enter into another same-sex relationship, still considered a bisexual just because they saw someone of the same sex randomly during that week and thought, wow, that person was very attractive. So I guess my point is like, just because you were bi, you know, if you're bisexual once, are you always bisexual? Or like, you know, is it is bisexual just because you've had a relationship with a man and a woman or you've had sex with a man and a woman? And no matter how you decide to live your life going forward, you're always that? I guess that's my question. The answers to all those questions that I have lead me to believe that the term bisexual literally means you are attracted to and are either actively engaged in or pursuing sexual relationships with both sexes. Otherwise, every rich white girl is just going to say they're bi in order to feel cool and claim membership to this oppressed class but never have to go down on another chick. Oh, wait. That's exactly what seems to be happening. And that's actually, this is something that there are people in the LGBTQI community that are very aware of this, that uh, there are, it's a known problem that actual straight white girls that otherwise feel bad for their white privilege are claiming to be bisexual simply because they don't want to feel like, they want to be able to, claim membership to some oppressed class. And you may say, why is this an issue? Well, again, let's go back to the day we talked about last show. Among LGBT, LGBT US adults, okay, so people that claim to be a part of the LGBTQIA community, only 13.9% say they're lesbian, 20.7% say they're gay, 10% say they're trans, but 56.8%, almost 57% say they're, say they're bisexual. Okay, it's also an issue because going back to breaking down based on generation, so traditionalists born before 46, 0.2% say they're bisexual. Baby boomers, 0.7%. Gen X, 1.7%. And then you see this big jump for millennials that started in 1980. Jumps to 6% say they're bisexual. And then for Gen Z that were born 97 or after, 15% say they're bisexual. Whereas... There's no huge jump from traditionals, which is at 0.2 up to 15% for Gen Z. You see, no, you see no other similar jump like that. You know, even baby boomers, 0.7 to 15% for Gen Z. Amongst specifically gay, lesbian, or transgender. Gay baby boomers was 1%. Okay? Gen Z, it's 2.5%. Lesbians, baby boomers, 0.7. Lesbian, 2%. So something is going on here. I'm missing this bisexual. To me, this bisexual designation is really muddy in the waters and is doing the, is doing the movement no, like, no good other than increasing their membership. You know, like, but as far as like actual real um, people with substance and dedication and all that into the, into the movement, it's just muddying the waters for them. So again, like, my argument is, and for those of y'all that you can see it, the the LGBTQ community, if I'm the if I'm the LG, I'm trying to break off. Again, lesbians and gays, like I know plenty of them that still want to live traditional American life, like lifestyles. They want to be married with a 401k and health insurance and 
adopt some kids and have a dog and walk the dog and pick up the, the dog's poop out of the neighbor's yard and have the mortgage and all that stuff. So just let me know what y'all think about that. All right, so on to the next part of this show here. I'm going to start it by the, with, you know, with this. I forget where I even got this little printout. It says, it's important parents know that not sharing beliefs is not the same as hate. For example, I'm not Muslim, but I do not hate people who practice Islam. I can teach my daughter, or in my case, daughter and sons and daughters, about, about Islam in a kind and factual way. Where things would get, you know, would get complicated is if the hypothetical Muslim person tried to force us to kneel and pray five times a day. If that were to happen, we are no longer in a live and let live territory, and we have entered coercion in which I draw a hard line. If the government were to try to force belief or practice, we have a serious problem. Please note, this is happening now with the gender identity queer theory lessons in government schools and with child welfare policies in some states. And they, if the left continues to try to make it sound like it is, that it's the right trying to force things down people's throat, no one's trying to make anyone do anything or not read anything. Okay, the only thing that the right is saying you can't do is mutilate the genitals of your child. No one's trying to say Target can't sell the stuff for sale. We're just saying that we as a group, as a conservative you know, population, need to say we're not buying stuff from your store if you're going to have this crap in there. For me personally, I will be at the YMCA in the morning or whenever June 1st is to see if our Louisville YMCA's have the pride crap up again in a, in the, in a Christian organization. Because if they do, again... They can. They can do it. But I don't have to give them my money. Okay? Like, so when, I'm, when we're talking about all this stuff, no one's saying or trying to force beliefs onto anyone. What we're saying is what's taking place in schools, if me in particular, I'm saying in hospitals, is actually... The epitome of forcing, force-feeding stuff into the minds of children. Okay, so today we're going to be reviewing an article from the Lexington Herald Leader, and they've had some doozies on there lately. And uh, doing this today because I'm pretty excited tomorrow, or I think later today, but it probably posted tomorrow. A buddy of mine, Josh Ca- Joshua Calloway, state representative from Breckridge County, is having the Family Foundation, David Walls, on his on his podcast, and they're going to be talking about. Kentucky's trans bill they just passed SB 150 and the ACLU's lawsuit against it and so this this feeds right into that right into that topic so hopefully everybody will listen to this before that show comes out so yeah this this article um, is from Alex Aquisto it was updated on May 25th took me a couple days to get through it and so for those of y'all watch for those of y'all watching you'll be to see I'll kind of I'll try to slide down with it um here but it'll the, a link to the to the article will be in the show notes um i'm sure it's behind a paywall next and later so i'm good look there but you, know, you, you can follow along with me here and see it all on my screen so the title of the, of the article is kentucky's trans youth dread what state health care ban will mean for them i'm a human the leader spoke with 13 kentucky families 
that have a transgender child about how they've been discussing the new youth health care ban and what comes next. How do we still support them given what our state is doing, my mother said. <clears throat> okay. I'm just going to walk straight to this article, and I'm going to give you some uh, commentary along the way. From an overflow room in the Kentucky Capitol Annex, Henry Speck, 13, Henry is a biological girl, trans boy or whatever, but it's a biological girl. Remember that. Listen to adults explain why kids like him needed to be protected from themselves. And the article says that in the in a tone that's, that makes that sound ridiculous, but, I mean, that protecting kids from themselves isn't like a recent controversial phenomenon. I mean, it's called parenting. That's literally what we do as parents every day. Protect our kids from themselves. Masses of people have joined Henry, crowding the halls of the Frankfurt State House on March 2nd to protest House Bill 470, a proposal to ban gender-affirming care for trans youth in Kentucky. Up to that point, this type of health care endorsed by major U.S. medical associations was legal in the state. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I mean well, stop the presses. Major U.S. medical associations have endorsed it. So it's it, it's got to be good. I mean, it's never been a problem in the past, right? Um, my dead father would uh, argue otherwise. It literally was 25 minutes ago we had an opioid epidemic, and the big pharma was saying that OxyContin was non-addictive, and the government was allowing them to say it. <clears throat> The standard of care for prescribing medication that's considered gender-affirming, such as puberty blockers, requires permission from a parent or guardian. As lawmakers on the House Judiciary Committee, her testimony in favor of the bill, Henry watched... Try to get where we're at here. Henry watched the meeting unfold on a projector screen from a room down the hall. Dr. Roger Hyatt Jr., an Arkansas child and adolescent psychiatry specialist who has publicly, publicly supported bills outlawing this type of health care in other states called transgenderism a psychiatric disorder. Uh, I agree. I mean, the thought that you are in the wrong body is on its face stupid because your body is a physical reality. You ha like it's there. And it's impossible, as, as you, most of you know, we've talked about this, it's impossible to change. Even if you cut your, your junk off, like, it's not like you become a female. So, I mean, I'm not even getting that today. I'm going to jump on down a little bit. The, the next speaker was Dr. Andre Van Maal, a California-based family physician. He's co-chair of the Committee on Adolescent Sexuality for the conservative-leaning American College of Pediatricians, designated a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. In a 2019 online paper, Van Maal said trans rights advocates were eager to groom the next generation of victims. And this right here sets the tone for the rest of the article. The SPLC is an absolute joke of an organization. One of my buddies, he deemed them the uh, Soviet policy uh Law Center, Soviet Policy Law Center, I think, instead of the, yeah, that's it, so the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center. But they, they're right there going ahead and taking the rhetoric to Nazi level. 
you know, like status. It's designated a hate group by the SPLC. Oh my goodness! So everything, anybody who, who agrees with anything in the, the or disagrees with anything in this article, you may as well be part of a hate of extremist hate group. That's what they're saying. To the committee, he called gender-affirming health care unproven child experimentation while permanently, while permanently medicalize a condition for a child that usually goes away. And, I mean, the data, the data shows that they're not, he's not wrong on that. Like 80% of these trans people that are trans-identifying just eventually end up being gay or lesbian. Both men were invited to speak by lead sponsor, Wally Republican hero, Representative Jennifer Decker. <laughs> State law prevents parents from giving their underage children alcohol and cigarettes, she told committee members. Gender-affirming care is just as harmful. I would argue much, much more harmful, short-term and long-term. And trans kids need to be protected from adults who endorse their identity. The state has a compelling interest in protecting children from decisions that cause irreparable harm, she said. And again, I've said this a long time, you know, several times about my own ways of thinking. I don't ever want anybody to think that I'm a, I'm a libertarian. I don't think that the current and the future of the Republican Party is a libertarian party. If anything, we're, we're popular. We're a populist. We're moving in a populist direction. I'm not saying Jennifer Decker. I mean, Jennifer, I'm not saying that about Jennifer Decker. I'm not speaking for her. I'm just saying that this idea of just like just live and let live or whatever, and that you're a child, your property until they're 18. It's like no, there actually is reason. We, we need to we do got to protect kids from their parents sometimes. He goes on to say, taught to respect his elders. Henry quietly considered what Decker, near the age of his grandmother, was saying. This is, I mean, this is laugh. This is laugh on his face. The protesters were doing everything but respecting their elders every day down there. They were showing up looking like demons with horns on their head and stuff. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, it was freaking scary, honestly. If adult lawmakers, if adult lawmakers believe the health, believe that healthcare affirming the gender that feels most authentic to him was wrong and harmful, it must mean his trans identity was also somehow wrong and harmful. Otherwise, why would his doctor's care be so damaging that it warranted a, a law banning it? Everybody needs to always be on the lookout for this kind of stuff in these articles. They're trying to pull on your heartstrings. I don't care what feels authentic. I care about truth. I care about the dialectic method. Go look that up. Two opposing arguments making their own points with the sole purpose of trying to come to the most true answer possible regardless of, emo of emotions. And your doctor's doing it because, well, they're it. Capitalism does have its drawbacks, and the medical industry is definitely one of them. But it didn't feel wrong or harmful to Henry. Neither does eating the hundred Hershey kisses in a day. But then you wake up 30 days later, you've done that 30 days and now you're so obese that you can't even remember, you don't even know how you got there. So, Ron Hoffman Henry or any of the 13 families across Kentucky with a trans child 
the Herald Leader has interviewed in the months since, each of whom will be directly impacted by some aspect of the new law. Again, Henry, the biological female. You're 13. You are 13. You don't have any idea what you're talking about. If your parents loved you, they would just say that. They would just say, listen, I know you think you're so smart because you're 13, but your feelings lie to you a lot. And no matter what, I'm not, Chuck, we're not allowing you to get a, like a double mastectomy or, or anything. We're not giving you hormones. You're, you're, a tom, you're just a tomboy right now. If, if, the, if your parents were mature, that's what they would say. He goes, she goes on to say, you're supposed to respect adults, but some adults don't respect kids. It makes me feel unrepresented. Maybe I'm just a kid, but I didn't do anything to disrespect you. I'm a human, and part of my right is to be who I am. Again, what I talked about earlier. Kids and a lot of adults today equate disagreement with disrespect. They're not the same. Disagreement, the dialectic method, debate, like, debate is healthy. It's healthy for any society. But, if you want me to be honest with you, Henry, I mean, I don't really respect the opinions of kids. We were all kids once. And thank goodness people didn't assume, didn't like just let me say all whatever nonsense I wanted to and uh, went totally unchecked. Goes on to say, let's see if I can find it on another screen here so we can follow along as best you can. Here we go. Not only does the revised omnibus bill outlaw gender-affirming care for teens like Henry, it restricts curriculum in K-12 schools about gender and sexuality. It also codifies into law a requirement that schools draft policies that force people like Henry to use restrooms and locker rooms corresponding with their gender assigned at birth, even if it veers from the identity their peers and teachers know them by. Yep, th thanks for reporting the facts. Alex? Alex, right? Yep. Alex Aquisto. Great, great factual reporting there. That's exactly what it does. I know you're appealing to emotions and trying to make it sound awful. We don't give a damn. It's just, I mean, it is what it is. Some trans kids told the Herald Leader they are concerned this new policy will embolden the bullies at their schools. Others wonder why adults in Frankfurt they've never met have a problem with their gender expression when most of the teachers in their schools and adults at home willingly validate who they are. Okay, the boys think it's fair. Let's deal with this because it is a problem, and it's not just with you know transgender kids. Bullying is an issue in general, and most people would be disgusted if they knew how how much pushback we got in Frankfurt when trying to get bills passed and trying to get language into bills. Dealing with bullying, they don't even want to touch it. They're like, well, it's already it's already. The spirit of what you're trying to do is already codified. I'm like, but it's not in there. Nothing in Kentucky's revised statutes says anything about a school having to having to have certain escalation requirements as far as uh, you know penalizing the bully. There's no chain of, chain of command or chain of communication for follow up on figuring out how it's, how things are progressing. There's no reports the school had to give to parents regarding progress or lack thereof. So let's talk about that. 
Many of their parents are frantic, scrambling to find reliable access to prescription hormones or puberty blockers out of state. Others have called and emailed school administration counselors nervous of the possibility their child will have to socially detransition in front of their peers. It's baloney. Nobody cares how you dress or how you cut your hair or paint your fingernails black. You know, this is actually one of my arguments on this. It's like because parent, because adults in the school system is so accepting and uh, affirming or whatever, it's forcing kids that are naturally always going to push the envelope. They're going to push the envelope as far as they need to push it because they want, as a, as a kid, you want to be a rebel and push the limits. We're forcing them to go to the extremes of saying they want to cut their genitals off because we're affirming them that far. But nobody's trying to say you, uh, you can't be a tomboy. It's actually the left that's trying to erase tomboys because now if you're a girl that likes monster trucks, you must, you, you must need to take t- testosterone. And again, I'm glad they're having to scramble to find reliable access to these hormones and puberty blockers because we'll talk about later again what the, what the ramifications are behind these drugs. All described a sense of powerlessness and fury at lawmakers for dictating to them how to parent their individual children. Many are territorial about the progress their family has made on a journey of acceptance that for several wasn't an easier linear one. I don't understand how my conversations with my child are being regulated by someone outside of the three of us. Conversations are not being regulated. No one's saying, no government official is trying to say what you can and cannot discuss with your child at home. We're talking about regulating the genital mutilation of your children and purposely stunting the physical and mental maturity of your children Sometimes to the point to where your child, well, it, it will be impossible for them to, if, they, if something changes, for them to live a normal life and have children, have normal relationships. That's what's being regulated here. Jessica Moore said of herself, her husband, and their youngest 14-year-old Lucy, who's non-binary and recognized as such, Throughout their student documentation in the Fayette County school system, we got to fix this. Again, public schools are enabling this stuff. And as far as I'm concerned, they're accessories to crimes against humanity. Yes, I'm, I am. I am. I really do mean that. Public ed, it, in general, is an, is an accessory to crimes against humanity. Over one in four kids currently in high school identify as LGBTQ. So somebody that lives in Fayette County, get on this. We also tried to fix this last in our in during the session and tie a student's sexual you know sex to documentation and to change the requirements of documentation to where only male and female could be chosen. But also notice this, 14-year-old Lucy, again, they're using a girl's name, which means it's a boy, it's saying they're a girl, trans, trans girl, 
who's non-binary and recognizes such, they never want to say trans. They're not. They don't want to say trans woman on here. Okay. Notice they they talk about Henry up top. That's a biological female that wants to be a boy, because they're trying to shift the focus that way. They want you. They want everyone thinking that the majority of trans people are girls trying to become boys because they know boys becoming girls and being allowed in girls' spaces and into girls' sports teams is a frightening thought and is like a direct threat on their personal safety. They, they know that. So they, they, they want you thinking that it's girls becoming boys. When it's, you know, if a girl wants to play, wants to play football, I have, I have a female on my football team. And she's, she's damn good, too. I ain't going to lie about it. She's really good. But same boys. Again, she's the, she's the exception. Let any of them boys on the football team go play on a girls' soccer team, and they're going, I mean, one of those girls might die. At the end of the day, we're trying to figure out how we as parents continue to love on and honor the journey they're on as young humans. Moore said, how do we still support them given what our state is doing? Casper Hackney, 17, doesn't use the bathroom while he's at school. Again, this is another one. So now we got Casper and we got Henry, okay, that are both trans dudes. So they're actual biological females. So again, the bathroom part they're talking about here, they're not going to talk about how one of the boys wants to use the girls' bathrooms because they're trying to make you think that that isn't happening. A senior at McCracken County High School in Paducah. thought it was only happening in urban areas. Casper's schedule is split between his job at Walmart and the two remaining classes he's finishing before graduation this month. That means he's only physically required to be in the school building in the mornings. I just tried to avoid it altogether said Casper, who describes himself as trans and genderqueer. It's like, what, what do those mean? Lesbian and gay was just too simple. I'm trying to keep up with everything on here on this, uh, on the scroll down. Not doing a real good job. The decision is less for his sake and more for his classmates. Oh, that's so nice that she's not going into boys into the boys' bathrooms and, you know, making the boys feel threatened because she might beat their ass in the stall because she's so much bigger than than they are. And their her bone density and muscular makeup and it's just, you know, it's going to put those boys into a tough situation. You see what I'm talking, you see what I'm saying? See what they're doing? There is actually there's actually a physical worry, physical threat of a boy going into a girl's bathroom. We like I, there's no way anybody can deny that. The average boy doesn't have to worry about his, phys- his physical, you know, like getting getting his ass whipped by a girl coming in the bathroom. Now I would argue that it's also it is very uh, ill-advised to let girls in boys' bathrooms because, okay, what if some kind of sexual activity happens in there and it's and it's you know, consensual. All that girl would have to do is claim rape in there. And there's nobody would say that it wasn't because there'd be no way to prove it. 
but we'd be allowing girls in boys' bathrooms and basically, uh, you know, setting the stage for that to happen. He's gotten so accustomed to avoiding school restrooms that Casper has mapped out alternative stores in town with single-stall restrooms if he can't wait until he gets home. At Walmart, there's a family-stall bathroom, and I know a few other stores nearby that have single-stall bathrooms I feel comfortable using, he said. All right, well, let's take it. Let's stop there for a second. I'm going to give everybody a newsflash, especially all the, like, females that don't think like dudes and are willing to take dumps anywhere they anywhere on the planet. Every guy does this already. I know the best exits on I-75 literally from Cincinnati to Corbin. We're talking over hundreds of miles. I know the best exits to take where they have the cleanest toilets. And it's, uh, I've been accumulating this knowledge over 36 years. Willingly, because it's valuable to me. Because I don't have to go in and sit on a, like a pissy toilet. So it's, this sounds emo- very emotionally like disturbing. I guess the author thinks that. But, I mean, I think, I mean, other guys out there, tell me if I'm wrong here if y'all don't do this. I mean, me and my all my buddies in high school, we had favorite stalls in the high school bathroom that we like. If we had to do number two, we didn't care how far, how much extra we had to walk. We were going to those bathrooms because we knew they were cleaner, or they kept toilet paper in there, or other people didn't go in there. The smokers weren't in there, whatever. He first told his parents he was gender queer at eleven, when he was sixteen, lacking a specialized provider anywhere near his home in, in West Kentucky. Casper and his mom, Amy, began driving two hours south to the transgender clinic at Vanderbilt Medical Center in Nashville. When he was 11. Or when she was 11. Can we all... Just say shame on those hospitals. I mean, they're the modern-day Sackler family. They're telling people there's no nothing bad. There's no negative outcomes to any of this stuff. And making a fortune off of it. I told y'all the other day, health insurance companies and hospitals are more profitable today than they have ever been. Drug companies, more profitable today than they've ever been. There, after involved conversations with specialists, Casper began taking testosterone. His, I mean her, Nashville doctor calls in the prescription to his local pharmacy monthly, and his mom helps him administer the shot once every two weeks. Every six months, they'll make the two-hour trek so Casper can give his blood drawn to make sure the testosterone isn't causing any adverse side effects. But there are adverse side effects. The author's putting that in here because he... She, I don't know if Alex is he or she. Alex knows that they need that do the administering testosterone to girls does have does have its issues. So they're trying to make sure that you know that doctors are being safe. They're following the science and the data. The care Casper has received at Vanderbilt has been life changing. Both he and Amy agree. Even just to have his identity validated by a doctor makes him feel less alone. That mean that means something. 
In his community of just under 30,000, Casper lacks the broad peer support network other teenagers interviewed for this story have in Lexington and Louisville. Oh, there they go. They're, this, again, there's, there's no place in identity politics. Everybody's trying to one-up each other. If you live in Lexington or Louisville and you're trans, your life isn't as hard as this person in Paducah's, and they're straight up saying that. So they're even, they're even creating in a hierarchy, a level, a, a level of a hierarchy of harm inside their own communities. I'm the only person I know, minor or adult, who is actively medically transitioning in the state of Kentucky, he said. It's so rare. I mean, it's so rare, guys. Oh, my gosh. And again, I'm going to pull this out right now. You think that it's rare in Kentucky. Okay, but we just talked about this. At a total of 17,683 patients, ages 6 to 17, with a prior, just a prior gender dysphoria diagnosis initiated either puberty blockers or hormones or both during this five-year period of this, of this uh, article we talked about in the last show. So you feel alone because, again, you, there is a sense of, there's no desire for more community because then you're not as special. Tall and lanky with short hair and a dimpled smile. Casper presents more androgynously and doesn't quite fit into either male or female binary. He's okay with that, but it makes it harder for him to blend in with his peers. You don't have to humanize them to us. Or me. We already care about them. We already care about them. It's you, the writer of this article, the doctors, the teachers, and yes, the parents that we have an issue with. I don't have an issue with these children. I want them to live long, happy, successful lives. They're God's beautiful creatures. That's what we're saying. We want to figure out ways to help them lead prosperous lives without medically medically damaging them for their lives, for their entire lives. I'm already very scared of going out by myself because I, because I know I don't pass in either direction. I don't look like a woman and I don't look like a man, he said. All right, so this may be controversial what I'm about to say, but I mean, I think most people are saying this. I don't pass in either direction. I don't look like a woman. I don't look like a man. So you look like a lesbian. Like the stereotypical lesbian that we all, that all pops up in our head. And you live in rural Kentucky. So yes, I'm like, that's what everyone thinks. We all have the butch lesbian thing in our head that we think, we think of whenever we hear lesbian or whatever. Nobody, nobody has a problem with you, any, with you anymore. You're projecting that onto, onto yourself. Our team understands the increased distress and psychological needs of you and your family during this very difficult time, Vanderbilt Healthcare wrote in a May 17th email to parents, notifying them that all gender-affirming medical care for minors had, ab- had abruptly ended. 
Kentucky and Tennessee's new laws not only cut off his access to a medication that he and his mom agrees has helped him markedly, but Casper also worries that, about the impact the new policy will have on many of his peers who already malign him for being different. I'm worried they're going to take this as an affirmation to continue that kind of behavior they know isn't acceptable. It's up to parents to teach their kids not to be douchebags. If they're not douchebags, the law doesn't matter. Or if they are douchebags, the law doesn't matter. They're going to continue to be douchebags or continue to not be douchebags. That, the douchebag nature of your peers has, will have nothing to do with this law. The author goes on to say, though, this is a legitimate worry, said Shannon White, a psychotherapist in Lexington with more than two decades of experience. She worries the new law will push trans kids to trust themselves less and people who wish to do them harm more. They're already trusting the people that, will, that wish to do them harm more. Again, me making you feel bad is way less harmful than, than the doctor who wants to do a double mastectomy on a 13-year-old girl. No matter how mean I am. By denying gender exploration or forcing a child to detransition socially, or medically, we are saying to these kids, you do not have control over decisions about your body, and you are only allowed to show the parts of yourselves that make other people comfortable. Nobody is, fo is forcing either of these things. No one's, nothing in this law denies this child the gender exploration. Again, be a tomboy. Be a sissy dude. I know plenty of them and like plenty of them and, are, and have been friends with them in the past. I know tomboys. My wife was a tomboy, played, played basketball, really good, really good at sports. And no one is forcing a child to detransition socially. Again, like, are my kids most likely going to hang out with a dude that wears dresses? Probably not. But there's, I'm sure there's kids out there and parents out there that are, I mean, it's like, I'm not going to say they can't hang out with them, but like, just not the circles we run in. You are telling them that because we're not allowing them to chop off their genitals, that they're not allowed to show the parts of themselves that make other people uncomfortable. You are telling them that. You're the one making this a big deal. That's why this has never been legislated before, because it's never needed to be legislated. Four years earlier, in the eighth grade, before he came out to his parents, before she told her, told her parents that she thought she was a boy, Casper was hospitalized for nine days during a mental health crisis. Bingo, there it is. Mental health, depression, anxiety. Are the parents, is the parents' marriage healthy? Are y'all constantly on your phones? Are you both so overweight that neither of you find each other sexually attractive anymore? Do you ever hug and kiss around your child? Do you have family dinners? All of this stuff matters. Life's about all the little things. 
She found out later that part of what was fueling those thoughts was acute dread that he wouldn't be accepted. Now she said the state is basically saying your existence is invalid. You're just further alienating them and furthering their mental instability because they can't be who they want to be. They're never going to be who they're saying they want to be. And they know deep down in their heart of hearts, in their gut, that because they have that penis in their, below their waist, they're never going to be a girl. They know that. Children know right from wrong, what's true, what's not. They, I mean, they inherently do know some of these things. But because it seems to them like that's going to be the quickest route to get to garner attention from their parents and their doctors and to be given positive affirmation in the short term. Because you're telling them that. That's, that's, they're going that route. Instead of you saying, listen, life's hard. Here's the, the, listen to this story from my life. You know, that, man, it was just a really tough time. And it, you know, but I got through it and we're here for you. We're going to help you get through it. Whatever. It paralyzes you with fear, the mother said. You become acutely aware of how fragile someone's psyche can be and you want to do anything you can to protect your child. You cannot parent, you cannot lead, you cannot coach, you cannot mentor. You can do none of those things out of fear. You have to believe in your principles and values and trust the process and follow your game plan. You cannot live flying by the seat of your pants. You can't. I have a transgender son, Amy blurted aloud to the group. They, they quieted. Sometimes he dresses more androgynous, sometimes not. Typically, if you just ask the person, they won't mind telling you. Well, um, but she's talking about how she's working at a, talking to some of her coworkers in a project plant, in a power plant. Androgynous is not something uh, that's going to be in the lexicon of most power plant workers or coal miners or whatever, insurance agents. You have a butch daughter. And I'm sorry, I'm just not participating in the nonsense, the craziness. Nobody cares that you're, you have a, boy, a boyish looking daughter at this point. They're just, what they're talking about is you and the fact they know you may be willing to allow her to mutilate herself or mutilate, if you have a son, mutilate themselves and cut their genitals off. That's what they're talking about, you, not your children, you. I think sometimes people think that if your child is different, then that parent has led them down that path or there's something wrong with the family. But we're all just like everybody else. This is quintessential project projection. You as a parent think you did something wrong. You as a parent know that you or know of some failure that you think and you wish you would have done differently that no one else knows. Okay? You know you're the only person that knows the skeletons in your closet. But because of those skeletons, you're telling yourself that others are thinking them when other people have no idea, nor do they give a damn. Nobody's thought it. We all got our own problems we're dealing with. This has been one of the hardest things for me in life. Understanding is that, like, nobody, like, it's actually, it's liberating, but it's, I mean, 
it's a harder pill to swallow. Nobody cares about you. They got their own kids, their own job, their own bank accounts, their own bills, their own mom with cancer or whatever. Like, nobody's really that worried about what you got going on. Just do your thing and don't cut off your kids' genitals. Though, this, though his disclosure to the wider world was a long time coming, he first told his older sister, Natalie, in the fourth grade. We shared a room at the time, and we were getting ready for bed one night, and he just told me, sometimes I feel like a boy, she remembered. A high schooler at the time, Natalie helped him find the language to describe it. This is the absolute worst-case scenario. You have a kid confiding in another kid, and a kid giving another kid kid advice. Just a whole bunch of stupid going on in one room. She told me that was a thing. It's called transgender, Milo said. She had some friends in high school who were trans, and she gave me some people on social media to follow who were out and talked about it. It was kind of my first outlet. Outlet. It really showed me that this is a thing, and it's normal and okay. Holy moly. Like, I mean, this literally was like everything wrong with America in a, I mean, in a nutshell. Kids confiding other kids, and those kids giving that kid terrible advice, and then pointing them to social freaking media, TikTok, for further information. That's a recipe for success, let me tell you. From there, Milo's self-expression solidified. He cut his hair shorter and embraced dressing more traditionally masculine, but nothing much changed beyond that. During his freshman year, he asked his dad, Patrick, to call him by the name Milo and to please use male pronouns when referencing him. Patrick, who grew up Southern Baptist and still considers himself a Christian, struggled to accept his son's identity at first. So they're trying to appeal to your emotions here. They know most people in Kentucky are Southern Baptist Christian or Christians. If Patrick did it in rural Kentucky, this must be the Christian thing to do. I doubted that being trans was a choice, Patrick admitted. But after having observed Milo's consistent identity for a handful of years and doing research to better understand what it means to be trans, it was an easy request to fill. So the guy's straight up saying, I doubted it was a choice. So now he's saying that he's firmly in, a, firmly in belief that, it, that being trans is a choice. <laughs> How is... <laughs> I, I, I think that's what we're all saying, that you're choosing to be like this. So they're letting him get away with saying stuff that's contrary, directly in opposition to what they actually believe, solely because in the short term, he's willing to be okay with it. Say, okay, listen, I try to show grace in these situations. Say on the Christian theme, I try to show grace for these parents. Because we all know there's certain parental situations where it's tough. To have that conversation with your kids. You know, it's, it's really hard to talk to my children about why we have different last names and who my biological father was because I don't want them to I don't want them to love their the guy that stepped up to be their grandfather, my stepdad, any less. And I also don't want to pass along any like daddy issues like I have and making them or making them worry about me dying you know so that's a really hard conversation so especially try to have grace with mothers but listen dads especially Christian dads you cannot do this crap 
You have to stand firm and lead your family. And if not, then listen, you're just a wuss and a beta male, and I'm willing to tell you that. You are not fit to be a father. It's not just a fad. You can see in his eyes that he is who he is. Yeah, you're right. He is who he is. Or she is who she is. She is a... A girl that has boyish tendencies. But will never be able to pee at a urinal. With that, how can you not support that kid like every other kid? You want them to have an easy life and to be treated equally normal to everyone else. That's what Milo wants, to be treated normally. First of all, you want them to have an easy life? Let me, let, let me, tell, let me be frank with everyone here. I do not want my kids to have an easy life. I do not want that for them. I want their life to be full of challenges so they can know they have what it takes and they can find meaning in the time they have on this earth and feel and feel good about their resume for getting into them pearly gates. That's what I care about. Hard times create strong men. Weak men that have easy lives create hard times. More than a year before lawmakers passed HB 470, Patrick tried to schedule Milo an appointment at Cincinnati Children's Trans Health Clinic. Milo began the intake process, but he was eventually denied last July as a new patient because he's on Kentucky Medicaid, Patrick said. Even if they'd opted to pay out of pocket or with private insurance, they told us they, were, they weren't accepting new patients. And there you go. Because it's not about care. They don't care about your kid. They care about that money. And they know it's too expensive for your redneck ass to pay out of pocket. It's literally impossible. For your redneck ass to pay for this on, 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 on its own, on your own. And they know private insurers are going to be sticklers about how much they're willing to pay for things, but the government isn't. It's going to write them a blank check. On the cusp of adulthood, on the cups, cusp of adulthood Milo knows he wants top surgery. He's getting it after, after he turns 18. Let me sure and tell you that. He goes on to this Kelly Bolt. She's the mother. She was selling pull tab, was selling pull tab bingo tickets for a Lafayette High School band fundraiser when she learned Senate Bill 150 had passed for good. Uh, resonate, this resonates with me because I sold pull tabs for like seven years. And they're specifically appealing to rural people because they know they already got this stuff in the in the urban areas. Kelly 50 blankly looked up from her station and made eye contact with her son across the room. Again, her daughter. She made eye contact with her daughter. He could tell something was wrong. She waited until the car ride home to tell him. Oh my gosh, it was such a scary thing. When Henry came out two years ago, the adults in his life were encouraging, even in the face of uncertainty. A close friend of his mom's offered to help buy him a new wardrobe. How nice of her. His teachers at Scapa at Bluegrass and Lexington went out of their way to make sure the school's bathroom accommodation worked for him. 
His parents celebrated with him when they together legally changed his last name. Let's add this to the list of terrible, terrible scenarios. Started out telling their, telling their high school big sister they were trans. She said, oh, I know people like that. It's a thing. Go to TikTok and watch it. You can see it. Now the person feels, feels good about it coming out. Comes out to the adults in their life. They were so encouraging. Didn't question it a bit. The mom's close friend bought him a whole new wardrobe. His teachers, the teachers, her teachers, went out of their way to make sure they could use the opposite sex restroom. And his parents celebrated with, with them. This is all enabling behaviors. Really, they feel sorry for them and think they're too, think they're too fragile and weak and they just, they're afraid they're going to kill themselves. And they're never going to say a harsh word to them ever again. They're never going to get told the truth about anything. When Henry began seeing a therapist soon after, soon after he disclosed it to his parents, he thought he might be trans. He'd received a clean bill of health, no diagnosable clinical anxiety or depression, hmm. no mental health, mm-mm. Soon after he disclosed to his parents, of course no anxiety or depression would, would be apparent because they just came out and everyone in their life did nothing but say, you're right, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's so exciting, you're trans, yay! It's not until the dust settles and everybody's like, okay, I didn't really give a damn then either, I just... It was in the moment. We were excited about it. Our lives are boring too, so we wanted to get on the on the fun train. But now I'm back selling pull tabs and smoking pawmalls daily and fighting with my ex-husband over custody, trying to get child support because so I don't care about you anymore. That's when the anxiety and depression kicks in. Henry never, never felt... Let's go, let's, let's go back a little bit. Henry and his parents began seeking treatment at the University of Kentucky's Transform Health Services a year after. Remember that, Kentucky, UK's Transform Health Services. It had seemed as commonplace as any other pediatric doctor's visit, but if that's the case, that is sad and scary. No adult close to him made him feel like his gender expression was ill-advised or toxic. Henry never felt coerced by a doctor to obtain any sort of gender-affirming care, nor did his mom or his dad, Jamie Svek, all three told the Herald Leader. Of course they didn't. You didn't feel coerced because you were hearing exactly what you wanted to hear. You were hearing everything you wanted to hear. Okay? And the doctors, even if they disagree with it, because it would be, cons they, it would be considered uh, conversion therapy or whatever, they can't say anything otherwise. They literally have to affirm and tell you something that's not true is true. He never took puberty blockers. Oh, let me go back up here. So this is the most, I'm, I can't almost skip this. This is ridiculous. Okay, so everybody listen to me for a second. I know we're running on air. I'm an hour. I'm about done. About a year after coming out, after talking with his doctor, Henry began binding his breast because he's, he's a female and his boobs are coming in. Once his period began aggravating his gender dysphoria, his period. That is an impossible standard for us to continue on with. 
how are we ever how do we teach children and little girls or little boys anything about the realities of puberty for both for each sex if we can say the term once his period began that is absolutely stupid he was prescribed a next next plunin implant again you wouldn't give a dude a, an implant for periods of birth control i mean it probably i mean hell it may even be like harmful i don't know but this is a common form of birth control it helps taper his it helps taper his periods which in turn calms his dysphoria In Kentucky, a person under age, age 18 can obtain contraception without parental consent. Henry frets for his unique gender-affirming health care needs. The new law will flatly deny him access to medication he, his family, and his doctor says benefits him simply because he's trans. That's re- I, w- I want to make this clear. SB 150 will not limit a female's access to birth control one iota. If it keeps a dude from getting birth control, I don't give a damn. Because it's stupid. It's absolutely the most stupid thing I've heard in my, maybe in my entire life. When I read the words, once this period began, it makes me just want to like, I mean, I have no faith in humanity after that. Henry never took puberty blockers and is on te- and isn't on testosterone, but hormone therapy is an ongoing topic of discussion between Henry and his care team. Typically, for a trans kid, it's best to experience puberty at the rate the rest of their peers do, following Bennett told the Herald Leader. Finally, something we agree on, and this is a disclaimer that they have to say. They're trying to give you little nuggets of the truth in here and then making the case for it's sometimes it's okay to go against what actually should happen for the psychological benefits or whatever, short-term benefits. But it's it's not typically best to experience puberty the rate the rest of their peers do. It's it's what's best is for every child to experience puberty in the natural flow of how they are, their body is experiencing puberty. It's not the same for any for any two children or people. For Henry, a rising freshman, the beginning testosterone in his sophomore year will likely make the most sense developmentally, lessening the chance for emotional strife at being othered by going through puberty earlier than his friends. I'm just, I don't even understand what that means. Going through puberty earlier than his friends. Girls go through puberty before dudes all the time, don't they? So that she, Henry definitely isn't going through her female puberty before her female peers because they already went through it. I mean, when you're in high school, you're like as fertile as you're ever going to be. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Fallen Bennett likened forcing doctors not to provide the standard of care treatment for trans youth, which this law does, to forced malpractice and medical negligence. Standard of care treatment is the same as trust the science, follow the data, shut the hell up. If you hear the word standard of care treatment, it's it's nonsense that's following it. The standard of care is carefully considered gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming just means whatever gender that kid says they, says they are, you tell them that that's what they are. Well, then hell, I could be a psychologist. That means mental health, puberty blockers, and hormones. They're not 
all for every person, but all options are carefully considered, and it's a very important part of treatment for many people. In an April 21st statement, the hospital said, Today, transgender minors can receive evidence-based, liberal talking point, gender-affirming care, liberal talking point, in Ohio from a provider with an Ohio license. We, we believe all transgender and gender-diverse young people. We believe all. That's another left-wing little talking point. We believe all women, whatever, should have access to comprehensive developmentally appropriate gender-affirming medical care provided in a safe and inclusive environment. They hit every damn liberal talking word, hot word possible in 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 those two sentences. If you hear evidence-based gender-affirming care, we believe all developmentally appropriate safe and inclusive environment run for the hills. Because it's, it's all bullshit for that. This parent goes on to say, we will figure out a way to care for him. Jamie's assured Henry, even if that means trekking to another state, but that route is becoming much more logistically complicated and, le- and likely expensive. As the parent of a trans kid, Kelly said she tries to avoid letting this new reality overwhelm her because it's likely to. Losing her son's access to gender-affirming health care feels like losing one of his basic needs. I think it would be similar to not being able to feed your kids, she said. I want, I want to poll all the mothers in this country. And if over 50% agree with this statement, that losing access to gender-affirming health care is like losing one of, the, one, of the, one of the child's basic needs and is similar to not being able to feed them, then we need to have a serious conversation about women being able to vote. That's I mean, I mean, that, I mean that's seriously the ramifications of that. Like maybe women's suffrage wasn't a good idea. Luckily, I think the the women in this country are put, getting ready to put a stop to this mess in the strong, conservative, traditional value-oriented Christian women like my beautiful, wonderful wife are saying, eh. For the last month or so, he'd been more withdrawn and mopey. When his stress and anxiety peaks, though, he might not explain why. He'll ask his mom for more hugs. Mm. I mean, I love getting hugs from my kids. I'm, I mean, like, whatever I got to do to give them, give them some hugs. I, I put them on some guilt trips sometimes because I want a hug. So, like, if the kid going through a rough patch is really causing the child to ask the mom for more hugs, who's, who's to say she's not that she isn't happy about it? And we're going to end up winning with this. Shortly after Henry watched lawmakers pass HB 470 that day in early March, he wrote a poem. In late April, Henry read it aloud on stage in front of his school at his eighth grade showcase, marking this year's end. I have to live with me now. Right now in the moment, in this breath, breathe in what I, breathe in what I like and breathe out what I don't because I can't change. I can't change me right now. And as long as I'm in this body, the wrong one, I don't even, I don't know if I'll ever like me. In fact, there are times where I'm pretty sure I hate me. This body isn't natural. Why do I have to be so difficult? Why couldn't I just be normal? Why couldn't I convince my mind that it was wrong? 
wrong when it looked in the mirror and saw a boy. But I am a boy. I want to build my new body as if it were tailored to fit me. Then maybe I wouldn't be so uncomfortable. Uncomfy when I stand, uncomfy when I walk, uncomfy when I lie down, uncomfy when I sit, as if my skin is too tight choking me. I wish I could change me, change me to fit, but I can't. So as long as I can't change who I am, I will try not to like me, but to be me as best I can, because that's all I can do in this moment. Well, let me, I, again, I feel for this child, for this kid. There obviously, there's obviously emotional pain going on. I'd like to know the full makeup of this kid's life. I'd like to know what's going on with the, with the family life. If there's a father, if there's a, a, all of them, if there's a father in the mix, if they have a good relationship with their mother, the mother and father, if they have a good relationship with each other. Is there, was there any sexual abuse going on ever? Any other trauma, Abu like physical abuse, emotional abuse? There's, I mean, there's all kinds of variables. So let me, let me read it this. I mean, I feel so sorry for this child. And I'm pissed off at their parents because they're not telling them the truth. That guess what? People, everybody at some point in time in their lives doesn't like themselves. They don't like their body. They don't feel like it's tailored to them. Okay. Life's hard. It's uncomfy when I sit down a lot of times. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting old. My knees hurt. But your, you, your body is natural because it's your body. You have it. It was naturally given to you. Nothing is more natural. Shame on your parents and your doctors and those around you for not telling you that. That God put you on this planet and you are in his likeness. And that you are capable of doing wonderful things. Powerful things. But you are who you are. Just because you're a girl doesn't mean you have to wear Barbie stuff and wear pink all the time. It's okay if you're a tomboy. It's okay. If you're a dude and you ha and your voice never gets deep and you can't grow your hair out like I do and have a big beard like I got, it doesn't mean that you're not a young man or a, or a grown man or a boy headed in, the, in a direction to be a strong young man. This means you are who you are. And I can promise you this, and I'll end with this. My children will always show you respect. Or they will have to answer to me and their mother. We will treat you the way you deserve to be treated. The way that we would want other people to treat us. But we will not participate in this madness. We will not do it. My children will not do it. My wife and I will not do it. We know if we bend, we're the last, we're the last line of defense.
but we're here for you. And when you need help, and you want, and if you're an adult and you need help, again, if you're if you're a minor and you need help, I'm not talking. I'm not gonna talk to you about any of this stuff. It's not my place. Shame on your parents. But if you're an adult and you need help, let's talk. I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm not going to say mean things to you because you're not who I have issue with. I have an issue with the system confusing the crap out of people, leading them down the wrong path. And that's where I'm going. I'm going to leave you with that. Again, go go find that article, Lexington Herald Leader. If I missed anything, if I messed anything up, shoot me an email. You know, drop it in the comments. Whatever, please like, subscribe, share. Make sure you hit that notification bell in YouTube. In YouTube or your your, your audio podcast platform or uh, Rumble, Twitter, whatever. And again, make sure you listen to Josh Callaway's podcast with the Dave Walls and the Family Foundation. I, I, think it, I think it'll be a good one when they get it up there. So yeah, look forward to hearing from you. Thanks a lot for listening and have a great rest of your day.